Hello, Internet! This is Chase Redshirt Kank Wassenaar, and welcome to a very special edition of the Rough Drafts Podcast. Uh, this is something that uh, I've been wanting to do since uh, March 16th. Uh, that was when I decided I needed to fulfill a promise that I made to my grandma. My grandma was, you know, so sweet. She's like, you know what? I never see anything about esports on television. And I watched this show called Bull, and they did an episode about esports. And I was just so excited because this was a thing that you did. And so she wanted me to watch it, and I did. And it was incredible in, in all of the wrong ways. And in a way that I could not help but fall in love with. And uh, I brought on two people who I managed to uh, convince to watch it along with me. Of course, uh, Walter Ciedis Fedchuk, uh, my co-host here. How you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. And I have to say, I'm super excited to be joined by the, ho- the, uh, the star of CBS's Bowl, <laughs> Michael Weatherly. Michael, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us on the show. Michael Weatherly, everybody. You were great as Tony Dinozo on NCIS. Let me just let me just put that out there. Yeah, little yeah. known fact. Uh, Matt, uh, his pseudonym is uh, Matt Galbraith. Uh, people don't always know that, but it is it is a real thing. And how are you doing, man? I'm living the dream. <laughs> well, that's awesome. We uh, we're gonna talk it's about not actually dead. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Uh, this is an episode in which so many things. We're, we're so horribly wrong as far as how esports were represented, and, and I can't wait to break it down with you guys. But I should start with the obvious question, which was, what was your expectation? I know, Matt, you saw me live tweet this at the time, but what were your thoughts, like, just, just reading through that, and, and then what, you know, before you saw it for yourself, what did you expect from this episode? Okay, so I actually watch Bull. Okay. Okay. Um, I had watched an an episode since, uh, look, I like Michael Weatherly. Mm -hmm. Had watched an episode, you know, since uh, that normal December, January break the lot of TV shows take, right? Where they they don't air an episode for like three or four weeks. Right. So having already known how they kind of like go about things in general, which is just like very inaccurate portrayals of pretty much fucking everything. Um,. (laughs) I kind of, and, and then I saw your tweet where they were like, Titanfall 2 is the, the, the best game, the most popular game. Like, look, Titanfall 2 is a great game. Don't get me wrong. It is a great game. Definitely not going to get 70 million people to watch that shit. No. It, uh, it didn't sell particularly well, in fact. It seemed like a, it was one of those things where you could tell the marketing people were like, oh, what's a good, what's a good number to throw out there that people could have watched? Uh, 70 million? Sure. Let's go 70 million. They went went (laughs) heavy-handed on everything, though. Yes. Everything. We'll get to that. We absolutely will. Walter, what about you? What were you expecting here? Because you don't have the same framework with Bull that Matt has. Oh, absolutely not. And even when I saw Michael Weatherly was getting his own show, I was like, oh, my God, finally. Like, he was fantastic on NCIS, and NCIS was obviously growing a little long in the teeth. He should have had a spinoff you know, ages ago. He should have been off that show 10 years ago, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, but the matter of the fact was, no, I don't watch network television. I really kind of abhor network television uh, g- generally. It's not very fun for me. I've grown out of that phase, and I actually like things with a little bit more substance, Iron Fist notwithstanding. Uh, <laughs> that being said, like, I really expected this to be more like 
there's been NCIS or other network TV where they talk about, you know, like nerd culture. There's, you know, the famous episode of NCIS where um, um, Proby, whatever his actual character's name is, is like plays World of Warcraft or plays some other game. And they like, that's part of the entire episode. Like, I thought it was going to be a very like microcosm and very micro look at it. I didn't expect off the bat, 70 million people are watching this game. You know, $20 million is being bet on this one game. Like, it was totally over the top, and it just was a super inaccurate portrayal when you're trying to, as an esports person, when I look at this, I want this to be someone's grandmother's first look at esports. Now I got to deal with somebody's grandmother coming up to me and going, do 70 million people really watch other people play video games? And I have to go, no, grandma, it's not actually 70 million. It's probably more like two or three million um, and occasionally we get a tournament that has, you know, a big prize pool of, you know, anywhere from, you know, two to $10 million, depending on the game. So the total playing, the total player base of league is about 70 million, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's, 40 yeah. million, uh, 40 million players each, uh, each month, I believe. Yeah. And then in accounts yeah. and they're like, it's not like 80% are in China. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, it almost feels like there's that, you know, when you ever uh, talk to somebody and you're like, man, you, you know, you won't believe how many cupcakes I ate. And they're like, oh, did you have, like, 30? It's like, oh, well, I, I mean, I had 12. I thought that was a lot of cupcakes. But now now my numbers seem, you know, like it's not that impressive. Like, there was no need to say 70 million people were watching Titanfall 2. Just look at the, the League of Legends number, right? Worlds had, you know, about 40 million people, including 17 million concurrent. That's still insane. That's still really impressive. You don't need to, to take it beyond that, you know? It, you know, it's the same thing with, I, I believe, Walter, you pointed this out to me, because I missed it the first time. They said something like, yeah, their team is estimated to be worth $40 million. I'm like, yeah. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I could see an entire, like, an entire, like, let's, if we were to pick what the biggest organization in the West is, I could potentially see... If that org was selling their entire organization, like everybody, like mm-hmm. like say TSM or like who's a who has a good smite? Dignitas has good. Yeah, let's say some org like Fnatic sells every team. Maybe, probably. Maybe like it's probably more like twenty million. I would think for now, not, not anywhere close to forty million. Maybe twenty if you were lucky. If you were really, really, really lucky. Or the team in China. Yeah, well... (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're not talking about China. We're talking about, like, Western esports. Yeah, it's just Uh, Were you guys missing, like... It felt like there was an opening for some Chinese billionaire to come on in and do some fun shenanigans and, like... If the owner had been, like, like a side knockoff, Mm -hmm. that would have been hilarious. Like, this super flamboyant dude just rolls in there. That would have been great. So it was some, like, yeah, but see, the, the problem is, like, super flamboyant dude would have been like, it's okay, like, it doesn't matter that you guys lost, like, whatever, it's all good. Like, no, it needed to be this gritty white American businessman that it clearly, he wasn't, he never made his money for himself, he inherited his dad's money. He's just this really, you know, boisterous dude, really ham-fisted, kind of heavy-handed, named a building after himself. Like, it needed to be one of these kind of cutthroat American businessmen. Yeah. 
not not sigh like for for the entire plot construction to make sense of him so, like you lost one game you must have between golf weekends then and the presidency how did Donald Trump get a chance to be the owner of this team then <laughs> I mean apparently there's nothing because you you, you said you need a really flamboyant you needed a really serious bi- American businessman who has the audacity to put his name on a building so. I mean, it, this this obviously the owner was Donald Trump Jr. That's all I'm saying. It was, it was pretty. He even kind of looked like it. See, <laughs> wait, which Donald Trump is Donald Trump Jr. The one that looks like like a an extra in Blade? Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. He's the dark haired one. He's the dark haired. Oh, one. okay, yeah. Awesome. Doesn't the other one literally looks like an extra from Blade? Like he'd be some like kind of like vampire in the back that just kind of gets killed by Wesley Snipes, and that's it. I mean, there's, I mean, there's just so much about the the way that they they frame that side of things. But first, I want to talk about the portrayal of the event because that's the first thing. Like, okay, we're introducing the characters. You know, we have our, our lead in with our our hero, whose name is Jace. Um, he is the Titanfall two player. He's the number one esports player in the world. They say a lot of times. I did not realize we had a consensus number one esports player in the world, and that he's not Korean. That was also kind of interesting. Not a lot of uh, Asian representation in a scene that's very heavy on that. But sure, whatever. We're getting to a guy that's essentially Dardock here. He, uh, yeah, <laughs> like the Dardock knockoff. <laughs> yes. I mean, first of all, why wasn't like actual Dardock or Riot Games in on this? Right? Like, do you think that there was? You know, well, that it would have been better for an esports company to try to shoehorn this in? Or do you think that it was it, better for them to stay away? Four months after Titanfall 2 came out. Like, what's the point of doing that product placement at that point? Four months in first-person shooter games is like a decade. Like, they're on Wait, to the but, next but Matt, game Matt, But Matt, Jace had been the best player in this game for six years. Yes. He had a 118-12 record. Which is just... 13. 13. 13 is the owner likes to interrupt him as. Oh. 13 losses. <laughs> My apologies. That's technically true. That's technically true. I Very mean... But yeah, six years on this game that's been out for less than six months. Which, okay, Activision. Whatever you say, buddy. I, I mean, is that like a thing with the show, Matt? You say you watch. Like, is it set in the future? Is that... Because like, no. I know like all the crazy tech they have with how they set up the jurors, like, I, it almost felt like maybe they were going there. No. A lot of it's very shallow, right? Even in their episodes, they're like about more normal cases. For one, somehow Bull always manages to like he he's like Sherlock Holmes. He pulls these inferences out of things that make no sense. At the end of the at the end of a lot of the episodes, he'll actually solve the case mm-hmm. and just like send the police to go. Like there's an episode where they're trying to decide who murdered someone. And then Bull just kind of, like, tells the police at the end, like, hey, go to this house. Like, it's just, like, he, he inexplicably, like, he's supposed to be a psychologist that he figured out all, like, like I don't <laughs> know the exact term for this, but there's a thing in writing, right? So, it's like the show will write into a plot hole, so they just magically give Bull some knowledge that he doesn't technically have. And he mm-hmm. just is like, oh, yeah, I know this, and this is what happened. Like, it's just, it's, it's very, it's very strange. And every character in the show is a knockoff of, like, another character that was in a previous show, like, an NCIS, right? Yes, you have, yeah. like, your 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 nerd uh, computer person who's, like, a really poor knockoff of what's the character from NCIS? Um, the Proby. That's all I remember. No, no, the dark-haired girl. The cool one. Oh, oh, oh um, Abby. 
Abby, yes. Abby, yes. Right? They have like a very poor Abby knockoff. Um, which there's no one who could be Abby anyway, so why try? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. just for, for people that have not watched this show, I think the AV Club summed it up best when they said that Bull is the TV equivalent of putting a Harambe t-shirt on your dad. Which I, I just think was a kind of an interesting way to sum it up. Um, it, it has all these different things, and they they technically have been in other shows before, but they're just thrown together in this weird mishmash of a thing that just feels like a cheaper version of some of that stuff. Um, I, I mean, Walter, what was the detail when you were watching the game itself and the way that they presented the esports event? What jumped out to you as the most egregious or, or strangest? What you know? What stood out to you? Um, the monitors were physically built into the desk and they were like hovering, like they were looking down, like, here's my keyboard, here's my keyboard. And they're like looking down at their monitor. Like, y'all, listen, any physical therapist is just going to cringe when they see that. Like, that's not how it's played. Even if you're like super lean back, like it, it's like going to the library, how that used to be. They, they had the undermounted monitors and you just had the keyboard on the top and like, that was what you did. And it like killed your neck. I don't know if any of you are like a community college ever, but that's how most of them build their desks uh, for like their science labs, their like computer science yeah. labs and whatnot. It just like that totally blew my mind. And then, and then, when they're in the actual courtroom and they can play Titanfall on tablets. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, no. Is it, are you uh, kidding? You can't do that with the Nvidia Shield. I mean. No? If you can, I, I certainly don't think they. <laughs> I mean, they certainly weren't. I don't know how they were going to teach all of these jurors and the judge, which I'm sure is totally not biased of a thing to do, as far as how that will affect a ruling. Yeah, and, and the judge is the one who's obsessed with his character's appearance. Yeah, I thought and, that was funny. He's like, I'm still my character creator. And, and I'm sorry, but like. Titanfall 2 is a game in which you find a whole bunch of giant mechs. Like, how much does character creation really? It really matter. I, I don't know. Hey, 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 you're talking to some Mass Effect fanboy here. Character creation matters. That's fair. I just, I didn't expect, like, when you watch the eSport, right? Like, you're not, like, even no. like, Rocket League oh. has customization options, but I'm not watching to see, like, oh, man, I can't wait to see which car he pulls out here. Like, he, Right, and the thing is, yeah, <laughs> no, I, and I guess my thing with that was, like, I glazed over the, the, they're playing Titanfall in there because like Titanfall does have a PC port. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the Nvidia Shield supports it. Hey, maybe it does. Yeah. The, 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 their tech person can hack the FBI, so apparently she can just put video games on tablets. I don't know. I guess so. See, I'm I'm surprised neither one of you. This was my favorite quote from the opening. Uh, this isn't an upset. This is the Patriots losing to Oshkosh High. Which, first of all, <laughs> what's Oshkosh High? That I think really. I have so many questions about that. But second of all, how did this other team get to the finals if they're so bad? Like, I think someone put out, like, you know, when they get to the, the evil gambling angle, which I want to get into, uh, with especially with you, Walter, because we have Unicorn as a sponsor for our pod. Like, I, I thought that that was... Um, it should that have was been a fifty thing. to one. Yeah, it was that's that? not a final! Yeah! It's <laughs> not a final! Are you kidding me? I'm... What? No, the, uh... This past Super Bowl set, um, was it the Super Bowl that uh, fin- or the conference final that the Patriots were in set the record for the highest? It was like what? I think the Patriots were a seventeen point uh, favorite, something like that. 
but like no like, no one yeah. in their right mind is gonna make a fifty to one betting on on a championship final. Like yeah. no, because obviously I see that in the Super Bowl. I'm just like shit happens in the Super Bowl. Bullshit happens. Yeah. I'm gonna put like twenty bucks on that on the team that's fifty to one, and if they win, I win a thousand bucks. They lose, eh? I lost twenty bucks. It, like what? It's, it, they it, don't do odds like that. It makes no sense. No casino would ever do it. Uh, you know, like it makes sense. Like that was the divisional round against the Texans who had no quarterback like that. I like, but by the time you get to the finals, like who was in this tournament? Like if Oshkosh high was the finalist, like who did they beat along the way? Like where there's, there was a team of like five-year-olds that was playing the game. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, even, if say, they made, like, even if they made like a Cinderella run, for example, right? They still are at the world championships. It'd almost be like like a Brazilian team got to the finals by some stroke of luck, or TSM maybe. Yes, that's that's. I mean, that's. I guess the level we're going for. But even still, I, I thought that was kind of uh, crazy. Uh, another thing that I noticed in that segment, uh, right afterwards, when they, you know, immediately everyone jumps into he had to have thrown the game, which, you know, fine, that's the plot of the thing, that makes sense. We're getting into a defamation lawsuit for twenty million dollars which I thought was staggering. I don't know how $20 million of damages could have possibly been done in the way that the esports market well, works, but... That was that was because the prize pool is $20 million. So I think he's suing them for the losses of the prize pool. Right, was, but, but, but either way, it, may, it makes no sense. If he's suing no. him just for the losses of the prize pool, that wasn't why he was suing them. He was suing them because... He had been blacklisted by every other team, and he couldn't get a job, so he was suing for right. punitive damages based off of Like, the entire legality and legal situation, I brought this up to Chase on the pre-call, was like, the team owner approaches the player at one point during the lawsuit, and the kid's lawyer is standing there. The kid's lawyer will never, ever, ever let that team owner say a word to him. He will say, nope, get your lawyer, we'll talk about this in... in a conference room will put everything down. Like you're never gonna let the person you're suing come up to you on the street and be like, "Yo, kid, uh, what do you say? I just let you back on the team, and we let." We... A lawyer is never gonna let that happen. And then the lawyer was like, "Oh, that's a win-win. We should take this." Offers have to be official. Well, no, they're too busy having the the female lawyer have some random like romantic thing. Bull, <laughs> yes, no reason whatsoever. You know, and just so you know. She has not appeared in previous episodes, so it's oh. not like there was some kind of, like, like, not that I'd seen, but I've watched every episode at that point. There wasn't some, they hadn't met previously. There wasn't some backstory that you're missing because you've only seen one episode. She's never been in the show before, so it's not like there's some justification for them in this weird romance thing. Yeah, well, that, and, and she's in one other episode in that season, and that's two episodes later. That's just, it makes no sense to me then because... Like, do they do the whole, like, employee bit? Like, it's, like, it's very... Like, they immediately butt heads in a way that made it seem like they had history? So that's... That's more confusing for me. sad, though? This show actually took a generous view of player rights. Huh. Yeah. That's a very good point. At the end, it took a very generous view of it. Like, that he's in a position to actually sue like that, and, like, that players don't have this right now. Like... I, I would have almost liked to have seen them take a more serious look at that that angle of the the power disparity 
between the players and the owners, which you saw some of, because obviously he kicked the guy off the team and blackballed him, which is probably an accurate portrayal. Yeah. That's a very accurate portrayal. Yeah, I, I mean... The fact he turned around and sued him for $20 million is... And also, like, I'm sorry, if he's really the best player in the world, this is esports. Some owner somewhere is going to be like, yeah, fuck you guys, I'm signing him. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'd take a flyer on the best esports player in the world. Yeah. Um, so, Faker, some, uh, so Faker would throw... Faker's actually a really good example because Faker's, like, no one's ever would believe Faker would throw a game. Right. Right. Right, because this is leaks his life. If Faker for some reason got kicked off of SKT one, you're telling me that no team in the world is going to sign him? Like, yeah. are you kidding me right now? Yeah, unless I, there's an unless there's undeniable proof that he did it, which, which there, there wasn't. wasn't. But again, even, unless Riot banned him, I think a team still signs him. Absolutely. It was just, and it was crazy because they even say in the very beginning, like we have had hundreds of analysts breaking down the game footage, which thousands, yeah, thousands, thousands of analysts and, and fans have watched this and have determined you didn't throw the game. There were just some unusual movements. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, hey, Reddit does have like, there. The, if we're assuming 70 million people are watching this, I'm assuming this Titanfall 2 subreddit has, like, millions of followers, right? right. It's got to be, like, 25 million. They have the so it's probably just Reddit trolls who are like, yeah, man, I watched this. You totally didn't throw it. Yeah, I could see, like, this, like the uh, single lane streams that Riot does sometimes, like, just following, like, his player cam because he is the number one esports player. Um, and, and we'll get into the, some of the things about, like, you know, streaming and how they handle that side of things because I think that was kind of a, a notable absence. But the bef- only accurate portrayal of the actual like con- competition was probably the stadium. It was set up very much like Riot's new kind of Riot's transition to that like like boxing style. Let's put a small stage and make it a little more intimate down there. Yeah, and that was that was probably the only accurate thing there. But how, that's not that's like how do you you can't really fuck that up. So I want to know where they like who the, what stadium they rented. Yeah, to, I don't like, think they rented anything. I think they just put it on a soundstage and CGI'd it. Uh, I guarantee they didn't rent, didn't rent a stadium. They just used a soundstage. They had them come in the entrance, and they had like bleacher seats set up. Uh, I will say, I think we all could agree the best part was when he challenged him to virtual golf. I was like, oh, I don't want, I don't want, I want to, I want to play Beth Page Black from the Tips, and no one understands that reference. But like the most diehard of golf fans, I gotta say, Bull, I applaud that move. Like, make this what kid the that? most arrogant. So, so it's golf courses. That's like considered one of the most difficult golf courses on the planet. That's okay. Page Black. It's, I, a, it's a very difficult course. See, my problem with that was it felt like the show was saying, well, it's not enough that he's just a really good player. He has to be good at something that our main audience is going to automatically give value. Like, we've accepted as a society that golf is something that people you know, play and, are, you know, they have a skill that we appreciate and can make a lot of money off of. It's a rich white people sport. People like that. Yeah. So it was kind of like, here, we can justify rooting for this esports player because he's not just an esports player. He does this other super popular thing. Um, uh, only in a video game format. Yeah. Well, that's that's fair. <laughs> he still uh, had to actually swing, though. He yeah. still had to actually swing. And even... even Weather games like that exist where you can hit the ball and it does that? Yes, actually, yes. I've seen uh, uh, I've seen uh, them on like a PGA Superstore. I've seen those kind of simulations yep. before when you want to try out new clubs. I'm not sure how accurate they are. There's, but. there's actually uh, a like place in a mall in Syracuse where they do that, where you go and you virtually golf and you actually hit the ball into a, oh, a sensor on the wall. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yep. It's actually, it actually exists. Uh, it's kind of cool. I've been to Destiny Ball in a few years, so. Yeah. Very fair. Um, I do want to get back because we skipped over one thing that I think is absolutely. This was possibly the most baffling thing to me, and okay. it, it happens quickly, but it's still like MLG actively decided they wanted to sponsor this, which was just kind of crazy. Like we had the MLG logo, like the official Pause, MLG. Out. Here's the timeout. Activision owns MLG, and Activision owns Titanfall Two. I understand that, but like. If you're going to have MLG and you're going to have uh, reporters, Does MLG do anything anymore? Some shooter stuff. There, it's not really as big a thing anymore. But like, they I get run it. The Call for... of Duty World League. Yeah. Did they, they, did they change the M to minor league gaming now? Oh, I mean, I, we're gonna. Oh, for those Call of Duty fans are gonna be in the comment section now. But uh, I mean, the one line that I was like, they they literally say everyone in the e gamer verse at one point. Like, what is the purpose of having oh, MLG yeah, on there and using that phrase? Which my grandma then, you know, like, she was trying to, to relate to me, so she used that, and I'm like, I'm so sorry they lied to you. But, like, <laughs> I'm a gamer. Like, I'm a gamer. Yeah. I'm a gamer. I'm a siren. Um, <laughs> oh! <laughs> but I was like, going to the ESL video, but, you know. I mean, that works, yeah. too. Yeah, I'm a siren. I mean, what did you guys think about how they presented the that kind of, the media side of things at that angle? And I guess you could tie in the way that they treat uh, the analyst character that some side character I didn't really care about has a romantic interest in later um, that ends up making the, the big twist diagnosis at the end, which we'll get to. Oh, God, oh, we'll get yeah, to. So, so what, uh, did, what did you think about the portrayal of the media, Matt? I on that, that character specifically, I didn't like because they he was the stereotypical, my entire life is video games and I don't sleep and I probably smell like shit and I drank 10 gallons of Mountain Dew last night. Like, and I'm surrounded by empty bags of Cheetos. That was his, like, that was his character portrayal, that, like, video games were his life. And I hate the fact that these shows, or, like, when, like, the BBC did that really bad esports special, like, when they, like... It's like they didn't even bother to do research, like, at all. They just read something on the internet and were like, we're just going to run with this. Like, they, they had no idea what the culture is like at all, which is kind of depressing. Um, I mean, I, I will say this. Uh, I don't know who this is more of a comment on, but he, the, the person who's playing the media couldn't have been too much worse than Freak. <sighs> Man, I... Uh, I was... I don't have a counter-argument, but, yeah, wow. Um, they, I mean, but they didn't talk, like, literally, the only interaction that the show has with with anything outside of these four players and the owner is just, we have to show this exists. We have to show that this kid does this thing. But other than that, they don't touch esports. It's not, it, this isn't about, it doesn't, this isn't, the show wasn't about esports. This was about... A, an interaction between a player and their owner and their owner making some statement about him throwing it like this very easily could have been a basketball show. Right. This very exactly. easily could have been it's tennis. Right. This, very, this could have been anything. So it just seems like Activision got on the phone with someone over at CBS and said, listen, like we're put, we just put out this new game. Um, we think that this could be a really good way to get young people to watch an episode of your show and to maybe turn them into fans of their show. And this is also a good way to convince their parents 
to maybe pay attention to what they like and, you know, possibly buy them a copy of, of Titanfall 2 because, you know, it might be a good thing if, you know, they show some interest in their kids' interests and, and buy them a game. And when they go to the store, they're going to remember this episode of Bull and go, well, that game was good enough to be on a TV show. I bet it's a really good game. So I, I this wasn't about esports. That, that's the one thing that really bothers me about this and how, you know, media, esports journalism kind of portrayed it and the portrayal of the elementary episode, which I don't know if that ever came out. They're, apparently elementary was doing an episode of esports. Like they're all Ooh. pushing this narrative of, oh, we have to be mainstream. We have to be mainstream. I, I'm just not of that mindset that we have to push esports into mainstream. All of us are getting older. We're all going to have kids probably. Well, not all of us, but we're going to have kids at some point in the next 10 to 20 years. Like, let it be gradual. Like, football did not become the most popular sport in America on day 10. Yeah. It took a while, and it naturally grew, and the fan base naturally grew. I don't see why we're... It was baseball yeah. for most of the 20th century. Exactly. Like, I don't get why we're trying to shove this down everyone's throats and say, we all have to accept that esports are a thing, especially when this is how you're going to portray it. Yeah. I bet Elementary's esports episode is probably pretty good. They tend to treat this stuff with a little more attack. I uh, I think we might have a sequel podcast, depending on how that goes. I, I now have a, my plan for after this. Uh, but, yeah. you know, to, to hit on your point, Walter, uh, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I, I think that, you know, the, the part to me that pissed me off on from that angle was when they portrayed the 65-year-old woman who rescues dogs from the animal shelter as a villain because she didn't get gaming. Like, like you know, you know, my grandma does not play video games. She tries very hard to operate her tablet so that she can watch Netflix. And she has a cell phone that's like a flip phone, and that's a thing for her to, to figure out. Of slot games on her tablet. Yeah, I, well, I don't think no, she does. I don't think she's even at that level yet. But she's, oh, you know, okay. she's not like she's just not a tech person. But you know, she's trying to relate to me, and she was excited about this kind of thing. And the show portrayed. This, you know, this woman, it was like, oh, she doesn't like video games? Well, then she's evil and going to ruin our case, and I can't believe you didn't block her out. Like, it's just such a, a weird angle to take for that. Like, instead of, you know, having people, you know, come in and, and give them reasons like, hey, like, this is, you know, you don't have to love esports, but if you were, like, this is the thing that you would love about it, it then goes on the other though. angle. Every episode, they have this one juror where they decide to keep him even though they know it's going to be weird. Because that's what gives the show plot. The entire show is around figuring out how to make that turn that juror. That's just how every episode is. Yeah. It just, it felt like that stereotype wasn't particularly fair. Because I don't know if people within that age bracket can reasonably be expected to follow along with those kinds of things. Great if they do. And if any of them are listening to this pod, like, shout out to you. But I, I just thought that that was maybe a little heavy-handed, as was, you know, Walter, you brought up the uh, how it, you know this was a marketing thing rather than an eSports thing. Uh, direct quote, Titanfall 2 is electrifying. I think it's going to be the dawn of a new era in sports. Like, that was not particularly subtle. Um, Nothing about this episode was subtle, though. Yes. Nothing. And uh, another aspect that was not subtle, uh, eSports gambling. This was brought up. This was a, a potential villain. Yeah, Walter, you and I run a Guess the Lions esports betting podcast. So I'm going to turn we this do. one to you first. How did you feel about the esports gambling is evil angle that they shoehorned into this episode? 
fuck you. <laughs> That's how I feel. That is blatantly how I feel because this has just been an issue, period, across the board with any sport. We Obviously, Pete Rose, the Black Sox way back in the day. Like Gambling has existed for as long as sport has existed. Let us not kid ourselves. Mm-hmm. Gambling existed all the way back in the days of Rome when they had men killing each other. People were literally betting with each other saying, I'll give you two coin if this person beats the other person. Like Gambling and sports go hand in hand. And part of the problem of why gambling isn't so widely accepted, I think, comes from this, this same thing that alcohol isn't as widely as accepted, that there's a stigma that's attached to all these things that, oh, it's not a good thing, it's a bad thing. And yes, gambling addiction is a utterly terrible thing and it can ruin lives. And if you feel that you're a gambling addict, you should seek help and there are a number of resources that you can do. Mm-hmm. But gambling in yeah. But gambling in and of itself is not evil. And I think this is just a they tried to figure out the simplest plot device that they could do of, well, why would someone throw a game? Oh, gambling. They can make money off of it. I just I despised it. I really hated it because it's demonizing this thing that esports gambling is in its infancy. Right. It's in its infancy. It doesn't exist on this level. And this whole ham-fisted approach to overemphasizing on everything, now people are going to have this absolutely negative you know, connotation of, oh, people gamble on esports and they throw matches. The iBuyPower gambling scandal in CSGO was disastrous yes. for those players' career and very nearly could have knocked CSGO down at its core. Valve came in, they took a very firm approach to it, they kicked it in its knees. We're seeing constantly all these skin betting sites are now being knocked out because there is this connotation that comes from just this one real-life incident when there are a number of entities that are trying to legitimize it because you can gamble on a football game you can gamble on the Patriots against the Denver Broncos. And for the and record, like, why did it have to be offshore betting accounts? Like, that was also a weird thing where it's like, oh, this is seedy underground gambling is where all of this happens. Like, happening happening in, where, in, in furniture warehouse basements. Like, yeah. are you... Because, because, the 12, because the primary demographic of esports definitely has access to that shit. <laughs> right? The Yes, yes. All those 14-year-olds who are dying to be faker are definitely betting through offshore banking accounts like are you fucking kidding me right now <laughs> like it made and yeah, the so thing silly. is like gambling in esports is pretty tame really like that was a big hullabaloo for esports but the amount of money involved was like like negligible like it's not like yeah. it's not a thing it's like it, in gambling with i i i love gambling mm-hmm. uh i i I'm, I live in an area in upstate New York that's uh, a huge thoroughbred horse racing, mm-hmm. right? So I, I, my summer job was at that racetrack, and it's, it's a famous racetrack across Belmont, the country. right? Saratoga. Saratoga. Oh, Saratoga, yeah. A yeah. classic. I've, I've been there. It's a beautiful uh, track. Right. So, I mean, you have, the, you have the three triple crown tracks, and you have Saratoga in New York and Del Mar in California, and those are like the prestigious tracks in, mm-hmm. the, yeah. in the United States. And, you know... It's got this negative connotation to it, and it's really kind of like no one's gonna be like, "Oh, you bought a lottery ticket? How shameful of you!" Like I don't. It's it's just strange when you're betting on like. And here's here's the angle, right? You know what quells? You know what stops issues of players gambling on themselves? And this would have been an interesting tactic to get to. And if they'd done this, I would have been okay with the gambling. Mm-hmm. Why is a player betting on? 
the game they're playing? That's a very good question. I mean... Why did the Black Sox players bet on the game? Because they weren't being compensated fairly yes. for their play. Whereas here... If they, if they wanted to go, maybe dig, just give it a little more depth by saying, hey, act the only, something shady, because shady things happen in esports with compensation. If you want to do one thing that's realistic to the industry, focus on shady things happening with player compensation, because that's definitely a major issue, and it still is. Yeah, and funnily enough, like... You know, they make a comment at one point about the gaming house having, like, what was it, one be- uh, be- uh, bedroom, I believe it was? What was the, there was some crazy thing about, like, the, the house being super cramped or whatever that they could have gone into. And, you know, right now we're having a controversy with Tainted Minds over in Oceana where they didn't fulfill their contract. And these players were having to live in a place where there's, like, dirt all over the floor or, and there was no air conditioning right, in Australia. Summer. We're in yeah. the West with an eSport that's supposed to have 70 million people watching it, and you're telling me they're living in one room? Right? <laughs> it, it was no, crazy. No. So if the team is caring that much, they're having sports psychologists, they have chefs, they have every type of prof- every type of specialist they would want. Like, fuck, NFL teams have specialists for the weirdest shit. Yes. You know? So, like, if it's really that popular, you're telling me they're going to... Re- they're not going to have studied, like, the optimal amount of sleep and all that stuff and sleeping conditions right. and diets, and, and they're going to be sleeping in, like, a room? Like, one? Yeah. And this is why when they have that tone deaf, like, the owner does the whole, you know, they should be playing me when he's up on the stand. It's like, that was what? <laughs> like, at the point where it's become this, if it's not mainstream and it's been that solidified, how is that owner still someone who's relevant in this day and age? It made, right. it made no it sense. It's an accurate portrayal of an owner and a team that's not worth $40 million. Right. Because that, that, those owners existed. Yeah. They did. Those owners still exist. I had to, like, I've, not- <laughs> like I've worked with a crappy owner when I was working in, uh, in Turkey. They still exist, and it's still a thing. And you could have got into that. But instead, they blew, you know, by over-accentuating the details earlier, they put themselves in this corner where it no longer made sense. Yeah. And, uh, and that was, I mean, and, and to come back to the gambling point, it just makes all of that seem really tone-deaf as well, right? It's, it's just, you know, in an age in which we're talking about the Las Vegas Raiders potentially becoming a thing, uh, and, you know, we have all of these, you know, legitimate ways to, to gamble on esports and engage in and, that. And commissioners of major sports leagues actually willing to broach the idea of legalizing sports gambling. Yeah. Silver in the NBA thinks that's a good idea. Uh, is it Manafort? Manafort, the guy, commissioner yeah. of baseball? Yeah, Manafort. He, he thinks it's a good idea. He start, he's thinking, here's the thing. It happens. Mm-hmm. It happens a lot. You might as well legalize it and make money off it. It's exactly. America. Exactly. It's America. <laughs> that's what we do. We, we legalize things and we make money off of them. The, the problem with a sports league, like uh, the NFL or Major League Baseball doesn't have to come out and openly say, gamble on our sports. They, they don't have to do that, but they at least have to acknowledge it. And they need to say, this is a thing that exists. We can either stay completely hands off of it and demonize it and leave ourselves no wiggle room to operate with it and to try and set regulations and to try and make sure that our players understand the full implications of what happens if you partake in it. Or they can integrate themselves into it. Again, not outwardly saying, 
you're a Bills fan, go gamble on your Buffalo Bills when they take on the New York Jets this weekend. Not like that, but have you know, a person that their sole job is dedicated to, okay, what are the rules and regulations that our players need to follow? What are the rules and regulations that, you know, the casinos need to follow? How do we make sure that we don't cross paths and we don't have another Pete Rose or a Tim Donahue or a Black Sox incident? Like, just openly demonizing it, saying that this is a bad thing and we shouldn't touch it when everyone else kind of looks at it and goes, well, yeah, but like we kind of enjoy it sometimes, is what happened with prohibition, and we all know how that turned out. I just, yeah. if, if this was really the angle they wanted to go for it, they shouldn't have started out with that with Bull and his people finding, like, oh, somebody had some bets that happened. Like, it shouldn't have been brought up until the owner says, we're in the middle of a contract negotiation. He wanted more money. And then all of a sudden you get this context of, well, maybe he bet on it. Maybe he... And that's your argument of, oh, he's underpaid. He's underappreciated. He yeah. needs more money. That's when then you get into the gambling angle. That's when you find out, oh, there was this large offshore bet that they never, ever touched again. Well, that's not true. They did. Did you? At the very end. And we'll get well, to they, it. At the very, very end. And it was well, so shoehorned and came out of nowhere. But I mean, I didn't pick up on that, actually. They yeah. Think- We'll, uh, we'll get there. I want to talk about the ending in a little bit. But I just, you know, one last thing on the gambling side of things. Um, you know, we love working with Unicorn as our podcast and a proud sponsor of our show. Um, the amount of work that they have to do to fit all of the regulations, uh, both in this country and in Europe and everywhere else in which they operate, to make sure that all local laws are followed, to make sure that everything is, is very, you know, strictly regulated. It's just insulting that instead of, you know, letting those kind of places exist and showing that there is this handle on the scene, they just portrayed it as this wild west. And I, I thought that that was, was very unfair. Um, I want to, before we get into the ending, what... Well, we, we've skipped, we missed a few things, I think, too. Well, what do you, what do you want to hit? Because I was going to just okay, ask, like, what so are the things that stood out to you as gamer. Like, crazy thing. Token female gamer. <laughs> who, okay. who, of course, has to have a crush on the Dardock knockoff star, right? Yes. So like, and it's very strange because they're trying to be progressive. Like they're trying to hard. Like we're gonna put a female gamer on this team, even though no top pro teams have female gamers because they just don't want to. Ri- one, the player base isn't necessarily there, and two, they don't want to risk like the, the they don't want to risk that, mm-hmm. or they don't want to deal with the lawsuits that might happen if some guys yo. It's a bunch of teenagers living together. The teens guys living together, but they're probably gross. Like, let's be real here. So I just I hated that narrative that she did. They make her have a crush on him, and then the weird thing where she, he has her lie for him to fake the uh, what was the injury? The headache. The, She's like, oh, I had a headache. It's like if you know, at the very least, like come up with a better lie. Like that's the worst lie that you could right, possibly had, come up and, with. Yeah, like, oh, God. I mean, they might as well have said, like, there, oh, I just so was out of There's so many realistic it. issues, too, that they could have gone with, which we will get into with the the, end, the twist ending, because there's a lot of realistic things they could have brought up that are actual accurate to esports that could have caused a detriment in per- performance. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I was, I'm really not a fan of the, the, the token female gamer who has a crush on, like... And also, like, this really, like, giddy, over-the-top, like camaraderie and like this it was it was very strange i was i was not i was not a fan of that part at all uh i'm just not a fan of in general how the show treats women because like the 
the main characters, like, there were three separate incidents where they're clearly doing romantic interest angles. The first being uh, the female player, which I thought was just unnecessary. Oh, the shallow girlfriend. Forgot about the shallow girlfriend. Well, yeah, there's the shallow girlfriend who I I don't know why she was included at all. Chicks dig Elo, man. You gotta... There has to be... It's just more mainstreaming of, like, yeah, you know, girls date, you know, video game players, whatever. Um, The use of female employees to get information or to make men... Uh, do things for them to help in the investigation in terms of getting the gambling data from the FBI and then the female with the the over-the-top I'm addicted to video games person that the show absolutely had to, the moments between the actual lawyer and Bull, uh, the obvious other blonde character that's playing the original director from NCIS and is tangentially there to be a long-term love interest for Bull. Uh, Just the way they treated women just really... Thinks she's there for that, actually. That that's how it came off to me was that she's yeah, no, she's his grounding they, they force. They don't actually have any like because again I've watched the entire. They don't. They're definitely like platonic. Okay. I think. But again, it's only the first season, and we know that these CBS shows play the long game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, when researching for the show to get ready, I looked up yesterday. Literally yesterday. When we were recording this, March 23rd, Bull was renewed for a second season. So, perfect timing, really, at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree. That was that was a problem. It felt like they're just every every female character had to in some way tie back to a man, which was kind which, of... Which, it's Michael Weatherly. Like, I kind of understand. He's a chauvinistic dude. Like, so obviously women are second-rate characters when he's around. Yeah. It's not his fault, but he's just... Man, his chin and his charisma is just... Yeah. Oh, that actually that that makes sense because the the Rotten Tomato review is Michael Weatherly's performance is top notch, but not enough to save a show that relies too heavily on a well worn series of legal show tropes and off putting premise. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, that's that's literally what this is. Um, yeah, that was so so the female stuff was was awful. Um, what else stood out to you guys? Because I you know we could go through every bit of the case, um, but we'll be here for forever because almost every detail ended up being wrong. What were, kind of give me like the most egregious things that stood out to you that were just immediate, like that makes no sense, that detail doesn't add up, up to the ending. Before with was, we're going to prove that he's psychologically incapable of losing. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes. Well, someone who loves the game would never uh, throw it for money. I'm like, what if you love the game and money? I don't know. Like, that seems like a thing. You're obviously a winner because you... if uh, if you can't handle losing, then you're never going to get good at video games. Because solo queue, man, holy shit! <laughs> it's. Uh... I, I mean, again, going back to the thing, he's like, I knew you were incapable of losing when you double. You know, where's the guy that was double or nothing on virtual golf just so he could win? Like, which is kind of getting almost a spoiler but like that was that was that is not a legal defense that is like an insanity plea that is like (laughs) well we're gonna prove that you didn't do it by proving you mentally are incapable of reasoning to do that but that's the thing with the case no there's there's no way to prove like okay so how are you gonna prove that he threw the case on purpose i mean he threw the game on purpose right there's like no way to prove that right you know, it's so the the entire case made no sense in the first place because. I mean, it's not like he was this undefeated player, right? He went one hundred eighteen and twelve, 
So he yeah. uh, he lost twelve other times, you know, before this game. So did he get brought to court every time? Like, was this yes. a thing where the owner constantly was like, "Look, man, you're on thin ice. If we lose another one, I'll know for sure that you're secretly trying to." throw the game to make more money on the next contract, which I thought was interesting. I, I'm trying to figure out how... Instead of just winning and getting that massive prize pool. Yeah! Like, what was the... Uh, like, wouldn't you make more money if you won and then threw yourself out on the open market at the very least? Like, uh, yes, that's, but he has a like, three-year non-compete clause, and we know that there's probably a right-to-first-refusal clause in that contract, too, since there's a goddamn non-compete clause. God. Yeah. That was, uh... That was silly. Uh, that's did- heavy. Ended even for esports contracts. <laughs> <laughs> not competes. Not competes were really common up until probably season four, and that was when lawyer when lawyers actually started looking at them and started making players take them, making teams take them out. Yeah. You could really, you could really look at like Bryce Bloom is probably one of the guys that once he really started getting into it, when contracts slowly started to chip away at some of these really egregious uh, clauses in them. Yeah. And, and and shout out to the guys that do that. But it's just another example of like, look, you you could have gone with the realistic modern day. Some of these things are still waiting to be formed and therefore there are problems. And, and that's how we get to where we are uh, and, and why these plot points make sense. Or you could have everything, you know, blow up and have the 70 million number and everything go crazy. But then you have to change the, the problems accordingly. You can't say, yeah, this team's worth 40 million dollars. But they also don't understand how to, to handle any of these little details and have all of these things that no player would ever sign on to in an industry that's making that much money. Like, if, if there's that much money in the scene, why would they sign a contract with a non-compete clause? It makes no sense. They would never need to. There's so much money in this. Because um, he signed the, co- the first contract when he was 19... He got stuck with this owner. This owner kept putting terrible contracts in front of him because he couldn't go anywhere else or give up the game that he loved. I mean, sure. If they'd got into that, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, it's only a 45-minute show. Like, they can't get into all the nuances of esports. That would just be incredible. <laughs> Crazy. But oh, they could have gotten into maybe one. <laughs> Yeah, you're That's telling fair. me that a shallow, quick look at overinflated numbers isn't the best thing for esports? Aw, that's adorable. I'm just trying to figure out why the show decided that having the death sounds when they were playing the game in the in the lobby with all the you know all the lawyers you know their side oh. character thing, and they have the Wilhelm scream when the guy dies. Like, ah! like what? Why did you need that? Like, there's actual voices that the announcers have. And why multiplayer on one screen with no split screen? <laughs> but why? Sure. Why didn't Activision like? I'm just Activision picked Titanfall to be like. All right, so Activision and Blizzard are a, they're, they're they're it's Activision Blizzard. It's one right. company, right? Hey. They have WoW. They have StarCraft. They have Diablo. They have Hearthstone. They have they Overwatch. Don't, they don't want to damage. They, if it goes badly, they don't want to damage one of their IPs that actually make them money like Call of Duty. That was why. They were trying to use this, too, as a Hail Mary to potentially prop up Titanfall. But if it failed, oh, well, it's just Titanfall. Yes. I guarantee you that's what the marketing meaning was, was. Was Well, why don't we just do Call of Duty? Everybody knows Call of Duty. Yeah, but if this goes badly, we're going to get crucified by all the Call of Duty players. And we can't really use any of Blizzard's titles because they're a little too complex for people to understand. Why don't we use Titanfall? That thing's lagging in sales. And you know what? 
if it goes good, it might bolster them. If not, who cares? It's Titanfall. Yeah, Hearthstone would have been a much better choice because like people understand the card game thing. Yes. From like Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon and Magic. And like, poker. And, and just poker, which is on ESPN already. Like that right. would have been such a, and, and that then, would have maybe been an even better way to handle the gambling side of things, right? Because that's 100%. Like, you could look at that. That's much more easy right, to break down. Right. But how does he make a mistake that leads him to throwing a game? That's the problem is it has to be a team-based game. It's it's pretty easy to make suboptimal plays in Hearthstone. As someone who is not necessarily the best at Hearthstone all the time, it would be very easy for a pro player to not play to their outs. What? But then, spoiler, how do you conclude that it's Parkinson? <laughs> I mean, do we just get, are we getting into that yes, now? We're is gonna time? This for everyone. It's fucking Parkinson's. They decide he has fucking Parkinson's by looking at five minutes of fucking gameplay. <laughs> it, it could it's just It's House been. MD in this shit. It I was waiting been. for Hugh Lowry to pop out. It could have been a wrist issue or something like carpal tunnel or something. They had to go all the way to fucking Parkinson's. <laughs> I was just, my first thought was like, what do you think those lawyers would have thought with the footage if they'd shown like Dignitas versus Renegades? Like just when they, <laughs> like they suicided under the tower? It's like, oh my God, they're all, uh, they're all suddenly brain dead for a second. That's crazy. And we gotta like send them it's to like, the hospital fast. Guys, that's just how they are. Stop being mean. Oh my God. It's, uh, I mean, Matt, we'll start with you on this. Like, what? Why do you think they went this route? Is there any, like, like I'm just trying to wrap my head around it because it just seems like such a baffling thing to do to have it be. You know, yes, we had all these thousands of people watch game footage, but this one guy accurately diagnoses Parkinson's. Because CBS shows are watched by a bunch of old people, and the only people are going to still be scared by Parkinson's is old people, old, like old people who actually remember Parkinson's being a thing. Yeah, you're not. Right? Yeah, they wouldn't have it's reacted to carpal tunnel as well. to say you have carpal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> like you have a debilitating neurological disorder that might kill you in thirty years. Yeah. <laughs> and, and his only concern, by the way, that he ever brings up is about his esports career. He's like, I can't play anymore. What am I going to do with my life? It's like I just gets out. My career's ruined. <laughs> and, and, and bull and bull is like. Yo, there's there's drugs and treatments we can get. You can play for another few more years, and they're just as like, yeah, we we won't worry about whether you're gonna fucking die later. <laughs> it seems like, uh, yeah, it seems like that would be a thing. I, I mean, Walter, is is there any? I mean, I mean, what did we think this ending was gonna be? Like, let's rewrite this for a second. How do we do this in a way that? You know, gets an ending where Jace can get back to the team because that was clearly how this thing had to end, right? Is that he had to go back to his teammates. They had to get the gang back together again because when they did the interviews with the players earlier on, they talked about, well, the team will never be the same again and all that stuff. So we knew that would had to happen. But how do we get there? What's the way that you do this and, and accurately, you know, at least try to portray esports in a way that makes some coherent sense? So, so if it was so easy to figure out whether the uh, like because the spoiler, it turns out it was another guy trying to throw the game. Right. So how come they didn't figure that out until at the end of this lawsuit? Like, like if thousands of people analyzed this video and it was so easy to t- tell that he was cheating, you could just tell by watching the video for five minutes. Like that was just a huge like because I'm 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 I a writer as well mm-hmm. and that's just a huge fucking 
gaping plot hole that Bull, with five minutes of watching this other dude play, picked up on what thousands of professional analysts couldn't on someone else's play. Right. Like, seriously? So, so, so here, here's, here's how you rewrite it. I got the ending for you. Okay. Okay. So, uh, redhead dude, Mendel, he's the bad guy here. Yes. So Mendel's the one who, at the end of the game, they find out he's the one who really threw it because they look back over his play and find out. Oh, but everybody's been focusing on, on, um, on Jace. Yes. So what it is is that Wendell, a uh, Mendel, replaced Jace's mouse that had a computer program on it that intermittently sent a a movement command through the mouse that Jace wasn't doing, and it just was intermittent. And it just happened to be at that one moment, and that was Mendel's failsafe for him sub, you know, subconsciously doing it. And people would look at Jace because Jace is a star player, and Mendel would get away with it. That's how you do it. It's still kind of convoluted, but it's not fucking Parkinson's. <laughs> well, and you know what's funny? is actually ties in, like, either the episode before or two episodes beforehand, they dealt with the episode is about a company developing self-driving cars. So they could have tied in the same type of tech hacking, to, and the self-driving car got hacked. Okay. So they could have tied in the same type of thing where the um, the the mouse got hacked or like this program thing. Like they could have made it. It would have made sense in the context of the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, Bull never ties episodes together. Yeah, it's not like NCIS. It doesn't have an overarching arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's which is a shame, right? Because I mean. You're, you hit it on the head. I, I think that any sort of, you know, scripting, like, weird, you know, bugs within the game, like, there, there's so many things that you could do. Um, there are so many things that people already do to try to, to get an advantage or, or maybe a disadvantage in this particular case. And it just seemed like, you know, maybe they were just afraid that, you know, going all in on that technical side of things for, you know, a second episode, uh, and especially in a, in a video gaming thing where they're already trying so hard to make the plot, hey, this is why you should love gaming, specifically Titanfall 2, because if you played it, you'd love it, buy it today. Like, like maybe they just thought that would be, like, a negative note, but it just, it, it felt so forced. It really felt like, you know, at the very least, did we need the other player to be throwing the game at this point? Like, if we're gonna go Parkinson's, like, first, terrible idea, but if we're gonna do this... Why do we need someone else throwing the game? Why? Like, we don't need both. Like, we... Because they had the gambling angle. Right. Come on, but dude. You, you could cut that for literally anything else. Like, any amount of, of background into, like, some of these other players or, or something about, you know, the scene as a whole. Like, wouldn't it have been interesting if we even heard anything from the team that beat them, right? Because don't they have, like, a... Like, they were in-game. They, you know, someone on an enemy team would be able to say, like, yeah, like... It was weird that this happened because we've so, played against him before and we know that he usually does this instead. Like, that would have so, been something. So here's the thing. Bull, what Bull attempted to do is, like, Bull is, like, on their second date with their girlfriend here. And, uh, and, and they said, oh, I know how to cook. And Bull is really, really good at making, let's say he's, he makes a really, really good pork chop. Like, really good pork chop. It's really good. But, like, he makes a pork chop and he'll do, like, some steamed rice and, like, a packet of, like, steamed veggies. Like, that's really it. But he's, it's a really, really good pork chop. But Bull doesn't think that's going to be enough to impress this girl. He's like, no, no, no. I got to show her I can make like a full eight-course meal. 
So he makes everything, just like everything, he makes like, you know, oh, gratin potatoes, and he gets fresh broccoli and tries to do some like bacon, onion, you know, broccoli type dish, and he makes like a soup, and he makes a cake, and because he does all these things he's not really good at, he doesn't, he's not able to spend enough time on the pork chop, so the pork chop is like a little overcooked, he didn't season it quite right, it's just not as good as it normally is, so he spread himself super, super thin, and therefore didn't do the one thing that he was really, really good at, which is basically, you could have picked any of these topics and done one, you know, just focus in on that one topic, and had that been the center of everything, it could have been the ownership, you know, having all this power angle over the player, and maybe it was the owner, if you want to keep the gambling angle, it's the owner that did it, and he, you know, spiked, you know, spiked the kid's drink before he went, and that's why he had a headache, or you could focus on one, maybe a second minor little detail, but instead Bull was like, we're going to talk about everything related to esports, except streaming, which is literally what Bull should have said, is like, well, you know, doing this, I've been researching, you know, esports, why don't you just become a streamer? Like, I get you're super competitive, but, you know, you could just go be a streamer, and that's not the end of your career. Like, that was the one thing that they didn't touch on, which I have now researched online. Elementary's esports episode has already come out. It came out towards the middle of February, and it's centered around a ex-pro being murdered live on camera. So if you want to go watch that episode, it's called Wrecked in Real Life. Uh, and it's episode... Uh, 14 on season 5 if you want to go watch that elementary episode I feel like we might have to Walter and depending on how good it is or how bad it is we might have to do this again I think this is so bad it's good like check it out it's not free on CBS anymore unfortunately at the time we're recording this but you can absolutely find it online I'm sure that if you're listening to this and you're an esports fan you already know where to find these kinds of things Um, but yeah, that's. I think that's gonna wrap it up. Um, unless anything else, anyone has anything else to add. So, uh, thank you so much, Matt, for for joining us on the show. Where can people find you and the stuff that you do? Uh, Twitter, if you dare. Uh, what's your Twitter handle? It's uh, Superbian MG, and Superbia is Latin for pride, and then it's with an N and then MG. There Perfect. it is. There you go. And uh, and Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? As always, you guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Awesome. And I'm at Redshirt King. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We are going to try to do, you know, these kinds of movie television show stuff. You know, we really enjoyed doing the Logan review. I think this was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks again, Matt, for coming on. And next time uh, on the podcast, we should be doing uh, week 10 of the EULCS previews on Wednesday. Uh, week uh, the... Uh, North American North Challenger American Series. Challenger Series. Yeah, we have the relegation tournament previewed uh, on Thursday, so be sure to check back in for that, guys. And until next time, bye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash pod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show, or eight bucks a month, gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at Pod, 
Facebook.com backslash Rough Drafts Pod, SoundCloud.com backslash Esports Rough Drafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.